I'm going to tell you why you should feel a little bit optimistic about Penn State's chances in the year 2021. And are they flying under the radar? We'll talk about that in today's episode of Locked On Nittany Lions. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Nittany Lions right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Thursday, February 11th, 2021. We're almost at the end of the week, which means we're one day closer to seeing what happens next in WandaVision. I don't know about you, but I've been thinking about the ending of last week's episode pretty much all week long, and I cannot wait to get the next episode underway. But of course, we are brought to you today by our good pals at rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. First, I am Kevin McGuire. Happy to be with you here. As always, I'm a contributor at athlonsports.com, and today we're going to talk a little bit about something that I posted for athlonsports.com, which I think is live right now. If not, it will be live very soon. Uh, I'm going to tell you why I'm optimistic about Penn State in 2021. One of the assignments I had wanted to share some of those thoughts with you guys on the podcast as well. So we're going to talk about that in our first segment. Coming up in our second segment, we're actually going to take a look at one of those early top 25 rankings that has been updated following National Signing Day from 24-7 Sports. We'll take a look at that and see where Penn State fits into the equation there. Also, I have a couple thoughts to share quickly on Michael Parsons and some of the NFL draft stock that he is looking forward to uh, coming up in the upcoming uh, NFL draft cycle and where one of the mock drafts has him potentially going to play his professional football. Of course, we want to make sure you never miss a single episode. We may miss a day here and there, but we will make sure you never miss a single episode by making sure you are subscribed on your favorite podcasting app right now. So whatever app you're listening to this podcast right now, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And then, of course, after the episode, leave a rating and leave a review. Let us know what you think about today's episode and the podcast in general. If you have any feedback, any suggestions, any questions, hit us up on all of our social media platforms. You can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch using the username LockedOnNittany. So as you may know, I do a lot of contributions for Athlon Sports uh, as far as college football coverage is concerned. A lot of stuff during the season, and of course now we're in off-season mode. We're in the thick of off-season mode right now because we're doing a lot of the analysis for what to expect out of teams in the 2021 season. Right now we're going through a phase where we're looking for reasons for optimism for a number of programs. I believe last week I actually had a post on three reasons to be optimistic about Nebraska. Uh, what the Cornhuskers could potentially do this upcoming season. This week, my assignment was to come up with three reasons for optimism for Penn State. And honestly, it wasn't that difficult for me because I'll breeze through them. We've talked a little bit about them before on this podcast, and they're probably not going to come to a surprise for any regular listeners. But if you are new here, first of all, welcome. Thank you for stopping by. But the idea that this is a team that is well-molded to have a pretty good bounce-back year I think of all teams out there in college football, I think Penn State is absolutely one of them. I think LSU is another one of them as well. But let's focus on Penn State because we all know that last season, that was weird, right? (laughs) There's no other way to say that, but that was a weird year for Penn State. This is a program that has won 11 games in three of the previous four seasons before last year. And then all of a sudden they limp out of the gate at 0-5, what the first time in program history. It's the worst start anybody has ever seen Penn State go through. 
So you know that you're going against the grain here. This is not normal for Penn State. And I think a lot of people are understanding of that. And I think it goes back to the fact that, yeah, it was played in a pandemic. Every school was handling the overall issue on the same level. But every program had a little bit something different that they had to work through as well. So, you know, maybe Penn State's situation was different from some other schools. Uh, even though they played all nine games, that doesn't necessarily mean that it was easy to play those nine games. But the record is what it was, right? They lose the controversial game uh, against Indiana to open up the year. They get Ohio State right after that. You're, you're jumping out of the gate at 0-2. Uh, you stumble against Maryland. You lose to Iowa. You lose on the road against Nebraska. Those things can tend to derail a season pretty quickly. And they, let's be honest, they did not play very well in any of those games. And one of the things that I always came back to was the fact that they didn't play well, but they didn't necessarily roll over and die. The Maryland game is a little bit of an exception, but I do think that you can find some bright spots, especially in the second halves of those games, that suggested that this team is not quitting on anything. So we didn't really emphasize at that point so much, but I think the bottom line was there are reasons to be optimistic about Penn State as a program and where they are heading into the 2021 season. And let's hope that the offseason regimen is at least a little bit more normal, or at least everybody knows how to handle it a little bit better. Maybe that's one of the adjustments that needs to be made. But I do think that when Penn State does get a chance to get back on the field, you're going to be talking about a program that has a very good offensive coordinator in Mike Yurcich. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do. You've got wide receivers that really came together last season. Obviously, getting Jahan Dotson to come back for another year is huge in itself. But then you've got guys like Parker Washington, Keandre Lambert-Smith. I think those are two guys that are really going to take some steps forward in this new look offense and again it's not necessarily a drastic overhaul of the offense but i think you've got an experienced quarterback in sean clifford i I know he had some rough spots as well last year but i do think having a guy in his third year starting I, i think that is a good starting point to have and you have wide receivers that you can start to have some more faith in going into the new year that was certainly a big question mark for him last year I don't think it's as much of a question mark this year. I still feel pretty good about the running ability of this team, regardless of whoever it's going to be running the football, given the situation that uh, Penn State is working through. So I do think that you're looking at an offense that has some really good pieces. And I'll even throw Brenton Strange in there, had a nice little splash once he replaced Pat Fryermuth. So you have some building blocks. You have some pieces that should come together for this offense. So I like Mike Yurcich as the offense coordinator. I think he's got some good wide receivers that he can rely on. And really, if you break it down by the numbers, the defense wasn't all that bad last year, statistically speaking. Considering they played nine games, they still had the third best uh, opponent's total yardage in the entire Big Ten Conference, and they were playing more games than everybody else in the Big Ten. The only schools I think were better were Wisconsin and Iowa. And then Penn State, even though playing nine games, they gave up the third fewest yards all season long. So there is something to be said about that as well. There's talent on that defense. Now, nobody played well in the first half of games last year, but the defense played better in the second half. The offenses played better in the second half. It was a second half team for no no question about that. But I do think that now you go through an offseason kind of knowing what to expect during the, the course of action that we're in right now. How do you go about it? How do you improve upon uh, how you're handling it? Are you able to get in a full spring practice? Are you able to go into the summer uh, feeling like you're more conditioned for the upcoming season? I think this is going to be a really good bounce back season for Penn State. And I'm on record of saying that, and I'm not going to back down from that. 
Coming up in our next segment, though, we're going to see where Penn State flies on the radar according to 24-7 Sports as they have updated their early top 25 for the 2021 season. I'm going to tell you whether I think they're placed just right or if they're overrated or maybe they're underrated. But anyway, right now is a cold time of year for those of us here in Pennsylvania. I know a lot of people are dealing with snow, winter weather conditions. It's not easy on you. It's not easy on your car. So if you're looking to make sure that your car is in the best possible shape and with the best parts available, go to rockauto.com. They're a family business. They've been serving customers with all their auto parts supplies needs for 20 years. And the reason that they have been able to stay in business doing that is because they make it so simple and stress-free. All you have to do is go to rockauto.com. You enter the make and model of your car. I drive a Honda Civic from 2012. I enter 2012 Honda Civic. It brings up everything that is available for that particular vehicle. So if I need headlights, if I need a um, you know an air filter or an oil filter, they're going to have me covered and they're going to give me the best prices possible. It doesn't matter if you're a professional or a complete novice like me who really knows very little about cars. I'm ashamed to say that I know as little as I do about cars, but I do know that going to Rock Auto is going to make my sales transaction process a whole lot easier with a very simple, straightforward mechanic by just bringing up everything that is available for me. I don't have to go searching through different aisles, asking questions, whatever I need, it's gonna be right there. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Don't forget to write locked on in their how did you hear about this box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than the Game. Don't miss this week's episode featuring Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Erica Aiea of Locked On Women's Basketball discussing the opportunities and challenges that come with being a black woman in sports. There's a new episode coming next week, so go ahead and subscribe to Locked On Presents podcast feed on the Radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. So I have made it absolutely no secret over the course of, I don't know how many years now, that when it comes to way too early top 25 rankings, I tend to just kind of glance through them and just move on. I don't really put a whole lot of stock in way too early top 25s, especially when you're talking about a ranking that's coming out the day after the national championship game. You know, it's, it's just real quick, easy content that a lot of uh, publications put out there. And, you know, I'll be honest, I've not been uh, uh, innocent of not having done that as well. Uh, it certainly has been something I've done before. And again, I read them, so it's obviously working, but it's always kind of curious to see where people are ranking teams, and obviously there's a lot of influence from what just happened in the previous season, and we all know that things are going to be different next season. We know that one team that really opened up the eyes of the college football world in 2020 is probably not going to have the same kind of uh, impact in 2021, and there will certainly be a team that maybe had a really disappointing year that a a lot of people are going to overlook. Now, I've been looking at various way too early top 25s across the different media outlets uh, pretty much all off season. I know we're about what a month and a half from the, the national championship game, whatever the case may be. Uh, Penn state is kind of like flying, flying like right in the middle of the pack in some rankings and they're completely out of the top 25 uh, for some of these outlets as well. So I, I always found it curious the way that 24 seven sports puts it together is obviously they're updating things after signing day and other recruiting developments. So I always found it very curious to see just what kind of impact uh, you know, this recent class of 2021 was going to have on Penn State's ranking 
in their way too early top 25. Or I shouldn't say way too early top 25. I think they just call it as a top 25 or early top 25, whatever the case may be. Uh, so Penn State, uh, I was kind of curious to see where Penn State was going to be in their updated top 25, which was just updated this week. No surprise, Alabama is still their number one team. No change in that. Oklahoma is number two, Clemson is number three, and Ohio State number four. So if you're looking for a playoff four, uh, those are some very familiar names, according to 24-7 Sports' early top 25 ranking. Again, no surprise, Alabama has just been so dominant. Clemson has just been cruising uh, compared to their ACC counterparts. Oklahoma the same in the Big 12, and Ohio State the same in the Big 10. All four of those schools have just been completely outpacing the rest of their conference when it comes to recruiting. So it's no surprise that they're going to be among the top teams in the country. But I went down the list and I was kind of just curious to see where other Big Ten teams were going to be and where Penn State was. I had to pass three more Big Ten teams after Ohio State before I reached Penn State, who comes in number 19. I think they were previously number 17 in their 24-7 sports early top 25 uh, after signing day and everything. Uh, that ranking was adjusted, and now they're down to 19. So the teams that are coming in ahead of Penn State, as far as the Big Ten is concerned, Wisconsin at 15, Indiana at 16, and Iowa at 17. Now, Wisconsin, I totally get, because Wisconsin had one of the best recruiting classes that Wisconsin has ever had, or at least in recent memory. Uh, obviously, Wisconsin is a well-established program. They're very sturdy. They're very stable compared to a lot of other programs in that Big Ten West division. And the fact that they brought in one of their better signing classes, and they've been doing pretty well in recruiting the last couple of years, no surprise that Wisconsin was going to be a team that came in ahead of Penn State especially since Wisconsin is going to be probably the team to beat once again in that Big Ten West division. I know Northwestern's going to have something to say about that, but uh, Wisconsin certainly year in and year out has been the class of the Big Ten West division far more often than not. So no surprise that Wisconsin was being ranked ahead of Penn State. Indiana at number 16. I, th I think that Indiana is going to be another tough team next season. I know Penn State's going to get Indiana in State College in a revenge game situation. Uh, I really like Penn State's chances in that one, but we're not we're way too we're way too far removed from getting ready to make any uh, official predictions. But I just feel like Indiana is going to be a good, entertaining team once again next year. You're going to have to play 60 minutes to put them away. You may even have to play more than 60 minutes, as Penn State all well knows. But I do think that Indiana coming in a couple spots ahead of Penn State, I'm not necessarily surprised because I think Indiana is going to be pretty good next year. But I think this might be a case where we're we're riding on the coattails of what just happened in the previous season to influence the decision making uh, when all is said and done. And that kind of goes for Penn State, too, because they did have a losing season. Obviously, we know about the 0-5 start. Even though they played better in the second half of the year, there is a case to be made that the schedule was a lot easier in the back end of the schedule compared to that front end of the schedule. So give and take a little bit with you will with the analysis as far as Penn State is concerned but I do think as I said in the previous segment I think that Penn State's going to have a pretty good bounce back year I'm not throwing them into the Big Ten championship picture just yet uh, certainly getting by Ohio State is going to be a massive task for Penn State and really anybody else in the conference but I do think that I do think that Penn State's going to be a better team than Indiana next year so I would probably project Penn State to be ranked ahead of Indiana. But if you're going with your top 25 ranking here in the middle of February and you want to have Indiana three spots ahead of Penn State, I'm certainly not going to sit here and say that you're wrong or you're stupid. Uh, I just feel like I think 
as we get into the season, I think we will see that Penn State is actually a better team than Indiana. Now, Iowa at number 17, a couple spots ahead of Penn State, is the only other Big Ten team to come in ahead of the Nittany Lions uh, in this ranking. I forget, Penn State might be the last top 25 team ranked. I actually stopped at 19 when I was putting this list together. But Iowa coming in a couple spots ahead of Penn State, again, does not surprise me uh, because Iowa is Iowa. They're always going to be a thorn in that Big Ten West picture. Uh, Certainly had a season where they could have played for the Big Ten Championship last year, and they obviously took it to Penn State uh, this past season. So you got a couple teams, you got three teams in the Big Ten ranked ahead of Penn State that all won head to head matchups against Penn State. So I'm certainly not going to sit here and say that these rankings are off base because I think all three teams have proven that there is a little bit of a separation between them and Penn State as far as 2020 is concerned. Again, I think Iowa will be right around a top 20 caliber program once again next year. They'll probably play themselves into that Big Ten West picture for sure. But are they a couple spots better than Penn State? Again, I don't know if they will be. Now, Penn State's going to have a tough schedule on their hand, as we reviewed in the previous episode. But I do think that Penn State will be a better overall team than Iowa. Iowa's going to be a good team. Don't get me wrong. I think Penn State will be better. So, yeah, I'm going to suggest that Penn State, not necessarily flying under the radar, according to the 24-7 Sports Early Top 25, they, they probably are ranked just about right for right now. But I do think, as I said in the previous segment, I do think that there are some reasons to be optimistic about Penn State and what they're going to be able to do in the 2021 season. As long as everything goes according to plan, I think things are going to be looking pretty good for Penn State. And I do think that it won't take very long for Penn State to jump ahead of some of these other Big Ten schools ranked ahead of them if things go the way that I think that they could potentially go. A couple of quick notes real quick uh, as far as Big Ten is concerned. Northwestern is going to play Purdue in Wrigley Field. Yeah, get ready for those Wrigley rules. But that brings up a question that I want to throw to you guys, and we will get some of your responses, and we'll incorporate them into an upcoming episode when we have a little bit of discussion about this. But what's a fun neutral site game that you think Penn State should partake in, whether it's playing in a classic baseball stadium or you know playing in some other you know kickoff-type classic? Be creative. I want to hear what fun neutral site game you can come up with for Penn State. What's the venue? Where's the location? And more importantly, who's the opponent? Are you going to go with a big blockbuster kind of a matchup against a team like Notre Dame or Alabama or maybe Texas in one of those big fancy NFL stadiums? Or are you going to be a little creative? Are you going to send Penn State back to Ireland? And who are they going to play over there? Boston College? Hey, Notre Dame? Navy? I. This is The floor is yours. Come up with your best possible fun neutral site game for Penn State. Let me know where you're playing the game when you're playing the game, and who is Penn State going to play in that game. So that's your homework assignment. Now that you're listening to this podcast and you're probably listening at home, I'm giving you some homework for our next episode. If you're looking to make a few bucks during this offseason, well, go to betonline.ag. They are your online sportsbook experts. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all the sports action, whether you're looking for some NBA or college basketball, of course, the NHL, they've got you covered. They're even going to cover award shows, TV shows, and reality TV shows. So there really is no limit to what you can place a few bucks on and make some cash. Real-time updated odds and props for almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website and or use the mobile device to sign up today. 
receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code locked on. And unlike other sports gambling websites that are out there, they are not going to limit what that 50% welcome bonus is on your first deposit. So it doesn't matter if you deposit $10, they're going to give you $5. You deposit $100 or they're going to give you $50 and you can kind of do the math from there. So that's a great deal. Nobody else is giving you that one. So go to betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. If you want to stay up to date on all the things happening around the Big Ten on the college basketball scene, make sure you check out our friends at Locked On Big Ten. Ben Stevens always reaching out to a panel of guests, bringing you all the best insight and analysis of everything going on around the Big Ten. And of course, yeah, there's some offseason football storylines to follow as well. Locked On Big Ten has you covered on your favorite podcasting app. So make sure you subscribe, rate, and review today on whatever podcasting app it is that you like to use. And while you're using that, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review Locked On Nittany Lions. Locked On Big Ten, Locked On Nittany Lions, it is the perfect combination for the Penn State football fan. There really is no shortage of great content on the Locked On Podcast Network, and one of the newest names that we have in the arsenal is Locked On Today. It's the latest podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, and it's the only 20 minutes you need to be prepared for the day in sports. Hosted by Peter Bukowski, here's what you can expect from this show every day. Locked On Podcast Network and Radio.com present Locked On Today. The NBA and its players are on opposite sides of the All-Star game. Are the Jets the most interesting team in the NFL this offseason? Plus, can the Minnesota Vikings follow in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' footsteps? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. We haven't heard much about the NBA All-Star Game lately, which is likely headed to Atlanta in less than a month. What's going on with that? Maria Martin with our friends at 11 Alive Sports gives us an update. An NBA All-Star Game announcement seemed imminent, but as word circulated that the league was scrambling to put a game together, I think it's stupid. Player criticism arose. Reports stated that the league and the Players Association liked the idea of having the game, but the actual players, not so much. Still dealing with a, with a pandemic. We're still de- dealing with everything that's been going on. And we're going to bring the whole league into one city that's open. Obviously, you guys can see I'm not very happy about it. After LeBron's comments, no announcement, just murmurs of the league continuing to work out the details. The job for the union has been to try to make sure our players are healthy and safe. Chris Paul is the president of the NBA Players Association and advocated for an all-star game, and he's still working to make that happen. Different situations, you know, guys who've been playing a lot of games uh, who hadn't really had much of breaks. You know, guys look at that break as an opportunity to see their families. Television rights are what makes it too appealing for the league to give up. Last year's game saw a ratings increase of 8%, 7.3 million viewers. Ads sold out in record time in 2020, bringing in millions. We all know why we're playing it. Uh, you know, is money on the line, just putting, putting money over health right now. There is no timeline for an announcement, but it's likely coming. It may not bring the same fanfare as a typical event, but for Trey Young, he says it would be an honor. It's a different opinion for me uh, than a lot of other guys who are flying in and 
Um, I understand both sides. 11 Alive has been on top of this from the start. They'll continue to update us. But for the latest, check them out at 11 Alive News and 11alive.com. I, for one, don't understand how someone like Chris Paul can say, hey, we care about our guys' safety, our players. That's what we're worried about. And then say, well, we need to play this exhibition game that doesn't actually matter in the standings. LeBron has it absolutely right. This is about the money. This is about protecting the Golden Goose. They can sell ads on it, so they're going to have a game, and that's just the reality of the situation that we are in. Coming up next, are the Jets the most interesting team in the NFL, at least for a couple months? Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. It took overtime, but the Lakers beat the Thunder 114 to 113. Wednesday night, LeBron James made a three with 19 seconds left in the fourth quarter to tie it at 105, then got the defensive rebound on the other end to send the game into overtime. The Phoenix Suns ended the Milwaukee Bucks five-game win streak last night in a game that came down to the final seconds and a Giannis jumper at the buzzer that wouldn't go. Brendan Clean here with you from Locked On Phoenix Suns, coming to you live from Phoenix Suns Arena after a 125-124 victory by the Phoenix Suns over the Milwaukee Bucks, one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. The Suns uh, come from a back and forth game and Devin Booker takes them home once again with some fourth quarter scoring, gets to the free throw line off of an isolation on Chris Middleton late. But more than anything, this is the Suns offense that we've talked so much about. They started off as a as a strong defensive team. They came together defensively with Jay Crowder, DeAndre Ayton, Mikhail Bridges leading the way there. Now the offense is is really at its peak. I've been talking about it for days and, and on, on Locked on Suns, and here we are. Another magnificent performance, 125 points against this Bucks defense. Weather the storm as Giannis got to the line, I think 20 or so times the refs were almost uh, using broken whistles, it felt like, with how consistently that call was there for Giannis Antetokounmpo, but no matter. The Suns come away with the victory in front of a arena full of fans, and uh, it's their fourth straight. They are now 15-9, and nine, heading up the Western Conference standings, and as I said, coming together as an offensive squad and really realizing their potential. For more on this team, follow Locked on Phoenix Suns wherever you listen to podcasts. The Timberwolves fell to the Clippers 119-112, but they did get Carl Anthony Towns back as he returned for his first game since contracting COVID-19. Towns played 31 minutes and scored 18 points. Towns, of course, lost multiple family members to the COVID-19 outbreak and has been outspoken about his difficult experience in the pandemic. Five WNBA teams combined to make five trades, including seven players and five draft picks on Wednesday, highlighted by Natasha Howard heading to the New York Liberty and the Dallas Wings landing the number one overall pick. The Seattle Storm lost two key contributors to their 2018 and 2020 title teams while reshaping the roster with a focus on younger talent that also involved the Minnesota Lynx and Phoenix Mercury. Nearly half the league's teams in all were involved in the transaction. Here is another story you need to know. Between new coach Robert Sala and the swirling Deshaun Watson rumors and as much cap space as any team in the league has in an offseason where a lot of teams are going to be cap crunched, the New York Jets 
just may well be the most intriguing team of the NFL offseason. John Butchko from Locked on Jets joins me now. And John, when you are looking at the big picture for this Jets offseason, do you have a number one priority list here on, on what they need to get accomplished moving forward? You know, Peter, it's difficult to say because the Jets just need pretty much everything right now. This was <laughs> it was a two and fourteen football team, and as you mentioned, there are going to be a lot of tools at the disposal of this team because they have cap space, and this is a unique year to have cap space. Most years, the salary cap goes up in the NFL, so even if you are among the league leaders in cap space everybody's got some money to spend. So you may be, you may be able to get certain free agents, but you have to pay a lot for them. This is going to be the type of year where there are not going to be a lot of teams with money to spend. So your dollars will go further. But in addition to that, the Jets also have an extra first round pick and an extra third round pick from the Jamal Adams trade. So that's the good news. The Jets have a lot of resources to make their team better, but the bad news is they need a little bit of everything. Right. They've got a lot, but they need a lot, and that that creates some questions about priorities. So is there a price with Deshaun Watson that you would just say, look, that's too much. It's, it's just too much. You know, the way I look at it is I don't think that you would ever – say 15 years from now oh man we shouldn't have given up that extra first round pick for deshaun watson he's not (laughs) good so i think it's more what are you trying to accomplish because if you can figure out that either a zach wilson or a justin fields or you know maybe some other quarterback like a trey lance is going to be a franchise quarterback that might be the quicker way to contention because then you take the classic NFL strategy of getting the quarterback on the rookie deal and you have all these resources to build around them. With Watson, you're guaranteeing yourself stability, but he's going to come at the expense. First of all, he's going to take up a lot of the cap space that you've got. But second, he's going to take up a lot of the draft capital that you have. Now, if you're trying to win a Super Bowl over the next you know, 10 to 12 years, Deshaun Watson is probably the best starting point that you can have, but it's probably going to be a slower build, although it's a, you know, it's a lower risk because you know Deshaun Watson's going to be great. So the way I view it is not so much, is this the right move or is it the wrong move? It's more, which strategy do you want to take? Do you want to take the sure thing that maybe brings you stability quicker, but it would take a little bit longer to build up? the rest of the roster or are you looking for the home run right now to potentially have a talented young quarterback to build around and as many resources as any any team in the league to build around them it's not i think it's more which path do you want to take as much as it is is this the right move is that the wrong move the tampa bay buccaneers went from out of the playoffs to into the super bowl can the minnesota vikings take the same kind of leap and break their seeming franchise curse. That's our cue of the day next. Agree or disagree? This is the cue of the day. There's an old joke about the Vikings that you can't let them go near cereal because anytime they get near a bowl, they choke. But it was the case that the Buccaneers, for most of their franchise's existence, was a laughing stock. 
And so the Vikings, could this be the time to follow the Bucks script to go from a below 500 team to not only into the playoffs, but into Super Bowl contention? Locked on Vikings, Luke Braun has how they could get that done. All right, so in 2019, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they go 7-9 and nine. in 2020. They go 11-5, and five, make it into the playoffs as a wild card and win the Super Bowl. So how can the Vikings do the same thing? 7-9 and nine in 2020, how can they turn 2021 into that promised year? They have a bunch of problems from 2020 that they have to solve, and some from before 2020 that they have to solve before they can get to that kind of promised land. And I think the biggest one that ailed them in 2020 is that they were soft. They were soft up the front on both sides of the ball, especially on the defense. And a lot of that had to do with some backups playing. They didn't have Michael Pierce because of a COVID-19 opt-out. They didn't have Daniel Hunter who was injured. They didn't have Anthony Barr for most of the year. And they didn't have Eric Kendricks for a pretty decent chunk of the year as well. That'll hurt your run defense, but they were soft. They were able to be pushed around by pretty much whoever your the opposing guard was. It didn't have to be a good one. They were unable to, to hold their spots, to stay in their gaps, and a lot of times they would run themselves out of position anyways, leading to a lot of explosive rushes. Depending on how you define this, there were three games in the 2020 season where a rushing offense looked like an explosive passing offense against the Vikings. You can't let that happen. You have to be able to be a defense that you have to pass on to beat. And that wasn't true of the Vikings. You did not have to pass to beat the Vikings. You could have beat them on the ground entirely, and that is an outlier that you have to be able to fix. You can do that in a number of ways, through free agency, if you can figure out the cap, through the draft, just by virtue of getting a lot of players back from injury and otherwise, but you have to fix that softness problem. The other thing you have to do is deploy better coverage concepts. And the Vikings didn't have a lot of options around this because they started a bunch of young cornerbacks who couldn't get some of the more complex coverage rules down with no preseason or or at least a really truncated preseason, they were rookies getting used to the speed of the game. You saw that with Cameron Dantzler in 2020, who had an absolutely catastrophic first six games of his year. But then once the season kind of started to come around, he was able to do things like lock down Super Bowl winning wide receiver Mike Evans and had one of his better games against those Buccaneers. He locked down uh, Robbie Anderson and a whole bunch of players near the end of the season had a, a much better time. And Jeff Gladney also got better as the season went along. So you have to continue that and also also be able to kind of trust those players a little bit more. You can ask them to do a little bit more man coverage, some more complex coverage rules that allow uh, Mike Zimmer and his defense to come up with some more complex ways to counter the infinitely complex things that offenses are going to throw at them. And on the offensive side, though the offense was pretty good, you have to fix the offensive line. This is something that Vikings fans have been crowing about since like 2014, but there were 19 sacks, at least according to Pro Football Focus, that were only the fault of guards. You have to fix the guard situation. Dakota Dozier is not an acceptable starter, and a rookie left tackle in Ezra Cleveland playing at right guard is not acceptable either. You have to find a better strategy than that going into the 2021 season. What's interesting here is they could follow a lot of what the Bucs did last season if you hit on one or two draft picks. The Buccaneers, they add Tristan Wirfs in the first round. They add Antoine Winfield Jr., Coincidentally, a former Vikings player's son in the second round, and that catapults them further. Those are the missing pieces, so to speak, along with guys like Vita Vea, Devin White, Mike Evans, and, and first-round picks they've accumulated over a long period of losing. The Vikings haven't been picking in the top 10, in the top 15, but they have gotten some elite talent, guys like Justin Jefferson, and we saw last year Jeff Gladney, Cam Dantzler, they are guys who 
played well for stretches last season. If you can get that year two leap out of some of these guys and then add a rookie or two in this draft, figure out the cap and get some of that stuff is not going to be easy to navigate. But the Vikings have been doing it the last few years under some difficult conditions. They could be right back in the mix. I don't think it's likely. I think when Kirk Cousins is your quarterback, that caps your ceiling in a way that, well, let's be honest, Tom Brady's doesn't. But Kirk Cousins has shown that he can win some of these big games. He's won some playoff games for the Vikings here. And so could he get really red hot in the playoffs with Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson and an offensive line that's a little bit better? Yeah, I think he could. I just don't think it's likely. And they still have the Packers in their own division who they don't seem likely to pass. And finally, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers held a boat parade Wednesday to celebrate their Super Bowl championship. At one point during the parade, Tom Brady was captured on video tossing the Lombardi Trophy from his boat across the water to where a shirtless Cameron Brait made the catch and brought wild cheers from fans and players. That was the best catch of my life, Brait said. Unbelievable. That was the best catch of my life if I had dropped that. I think I would have had to retire. Just imagine if Tom Brady had missed the throw. I guess he's got plenty back home. He's got got six spares, so he, he could have found a replacement, I think, there. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked on Bets, download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on Friday, can the Chargers do what the Bucks did and land themselves the Super Bowl in their home stadium just like Tampa Bay? At least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.